Good day, listeners. We present to you our podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches. We discuss a variety of topics that are important to the church. Examples include sexual abuse, all types of addictions, religious abuse, and recovery. This platform provides counseling sessions, meaningful question and answer, and a counseling continuum. Our co-hosts include Ms. Lolita, Personnel Director, Mrs. Tennille, our Technical Director. We have an impressive array of program contributors. And I'm your host. My name is Prince, founder of Antioch Youth Center, 5013C program, licensed counselor, now retired. So join in this exciting podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches, and be a part of the healing process. Tonight, a special guest, part of our group here, Minister Kenneth Probst, special guest tonight, and we're glad he's here. He's a minister, five generations of the Church of God, five generations there. In fact, his great-granddad built a Church of God on his farm in bygone days. He's an airplane pilot, did a lot of work in Alaska. In fact, I visited there years ago also. I was in a place called Fairbanks. So it's glad to have him here tonight. Let's give him a hand for being here tonight, uh, folks. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to conclude, Lord willing, this idea of grief. And uh, Brother Popes has been through that. In fact, I have two effects about the same time both of our wives did pass. Brother Popes, how long were you married to your wife before she passed? About 11 years. Okay, okay. And she had an illness, uh, I heard, huh? Yes, unfortunately, she was diagnosed with uh, what they call vascular dementia, which just lost her one day at a time. She began to have short-term memory lapses, and daily it got a little bit worse from time to time. But fortunately, she recognized me right up to the last day. Wow. <clears throat> and she would always uh, get a big smile on her face when I would come to see her. Uh, she was in a, a care facility that she had to be uh, taken care of, and I was just a mile away, so I was able to spend quite a bit of time with her from day to day. Brother Probes, talk to us. If you have a loved one that's going through dementia, what, dementia, what should they do? What should they do? It's happening more often than my, my mother had that. What should be done to help out that person going through dementia? You know, it, it comes right back down to where that the thought that you expressed a while ago <clears throat> when we have done all that we can do. And that was the very best thing that you can do is do the very best you can. The Bible even speaks about having a conscience void of offense before God and your fellow man. So when you can look back and say, I have done the best that I know to do by the grace of God, then you can rest your case with God and realize that You've done what you can, and that's all God requires. Uh, well spoken. Brother Probes, would you recommend a person visiting the grave site? <clears throat> you know, I, uh, of course, she was buried next to her first husband who was killed in 9-11 uh, wow. in Virginia. So, uh her burial and internment was several thousand miles or, well, maybe 1,500 miles away. <clears throat> so it's not practical for me to go to the graveside. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that the, the memories that we have, you know, when we grieve, 
it's an emotional experience. Yeah. And, and part of the grief is that we miss the companionship as well as the loss of their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was uh, a Christian from her youth. She was prepared to go. And, and it comes to the point where t- at times we have to recognize that uh, we all come to the end of life journey at some point in time. We're all headed that way. Yeah. I have uh, an aunt that's 99, going to be 100 years old. Uh, this oh. July, and I was able to stop by and visit her just a, about a month ago as I came back from Ohio, and she's uh, with it and very alert and loves the Lord, and and I uh, had a good testimony, was able to go out and have a, a meal with her and, and my wow. cousin, wow. and uh, you know, I look at it and I say, I don't know that I'll live that long. Nor do it's in fact it's kind of a scary thought to think. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. You're right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I think of Paul when he said he was kind of at a twixt between two, whether just to go ahead and be with the Lord <laughs> or to tarry a little while with the with the family. Anyway, <clears throat> but it is it is an emotional experience. And uh, the loss of loved ones, of course, there's a lot of other reasons for grief. We can have grief that uh, maybe has even been generated by our own conduct in times past. Sure. And we grieve that we can't do anything about that. But again, we do mm-hmm. all that we can do. And when we've done all that we can do, we have to rest our case with God. Right. And just leave it there, because if you don't that you can do, what else? What else can you do besides that? Yeah. Did you come to terms with it maybe yes. a year before she passed or a few months? Or when did you actually come to terms with that? Well, I, I recognized from the time that, that uh, she was diagnosed with the ailment and witnessing the fact that, that her mind was slipping away. Her short-term memory was oftentimes she would ask us a question and we would talk about it. And not more than five minutes later, she would ask the same question. And I would remind her, I said, well, we just talked about that. And she said, no, we haven't talked about that today. Her long-term memory from her childhood and her years gone by with her family and with the congregation that she grew up in and her pastor, which was with her Harold Barber out of Essex, Maryland. And for uh, that's, uh, I think, Brother Barber, if I'm not mistaken, Sister Stewart actually died in his home. And uh, so anyway, I I came to grips with it, realizing that uh, I, too, will pass that same way before long. And it's more important that we be prepared. And, And the fact that she was prepared, I think, is great consolation. I think Paul in the letter to the Thessalonians said, he said, sorrow not as those who have no hope. Uh, we oftentimes grief is oftentimes a result of a lack of hope. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we all have a hope that is beyond. In fact, I've oftentimes said, though I've never really made any formal uh, effort to it, but in my mind, I've always thought the most appropriate song that I would love to have sung at mind, have we any hope within us of a life beyond this grave, that fair and vernal land? Do we know that if we're tabernacle were to be dissolved, we have a house not made with hands? Mm -hmm. The hope that we have as Christians is a great asset in dealing with grief. 
Brother Probes, what did you, what lessons can you pass on to us while you're in the grieving state? You and I discussed this uh, about eight months ago. Our wife had just passed. The conversation was very fruitful. What did you learn, lessons you learned from the grief period of your wife? Well, I think it's something that is common to all men. And, you know, even in life, sometimes we we lose our companions physically, and that is a loss. But the hope that we have beyond this life is the thing that sustains us. Sometimes the greatest grief is when we lose uh, the contact of loved ones and they're still living. Yeah, yes, and, yeah. and for whatever reason, there's come a breach between. Right. And I have uh, I have witnessed other people who have children that have obviously grieved their parents to a great extent. Uh, and again, there is a heavy reliance upon the Lord to comfort us through those times and know that God is still in control and never give up hope and never quit praying mm. and seeking God for comfort. You know, Jesus in the 55th, 3rd chapter of the book of Isaiah we find where it says that Jesus, he was acquainted with grief and sorrow. Yes. yes. And and he bore those things. Uh, I can't quite fathom what it would be like to know that I was born for a specific purpose uh, as Jesus Christ was, and that the end result he seemed to be aware of ahead of time. And he was grieved, uh, but he was grieved more for the sins of the people and the needs of the people. Right. And uh, I think of Amos when he was speaking about, he said, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion in the sixth chapter. Mm. And he goes on down through and he speaks about all the living a life, somewhat of luxury and enjoyment and pastimes, but they didn't grieve for the affliction of Joseph. And, mm. and all about us sometimes, and I think we fail to grieve for some of the things we should be grieving for. And one mm. of those things is, as we've discussed in times past, the things that have befallen the Reformation and the Church of God in that we have seen almost what I would call a sectarian spirit revive within the realms of those who trace their ancestral roots back to the Church of God Reformation of 1880. Mm. And uh, those truths that have been revealed to us are something that are very precious and very valuable. He said, buy the truth and sell it not. And unfortunately, there are some that have sold the truth and brought in uh, doctrines that are inconsistent uh, with the truths that have been revealed down through the years. And, and, and that grieves me. And I think we should be grieved for that sort of thing. Sometimes we... We place our grief upon just our loss rather than the loss to the people of God and the church. Uh, I, I agree. Any questions from our director? Not at the moment, no, sir. Brother Probes, also there's a grief when you have a church split or when you have division. That can cause a grief also, can it? Sure. Yes, absolutely. And that can have devastating effects on yourself, children, generational I yeah. mentioned to the people uh, when I was in my well early teens, 12, 13, major split there in Detroit. And uh, 
that went on for generations and the pain is still continuing from you're talking 50 years ago. So that grief also can have an effect on us, can it? Yeah, I've, I've been amazed at how many times we can share probably 95% or maybe even more of commonality. And yet for the small percentage of those things that we may not see eye to eye on or understand quite alike, uh, we're so willing to easily make that break and that breach in fellowship and, and love for the brethren, you might say. Mm -hmm. And that has a devastating effect. It really does. I'm, I'm of the effect that we can, let's talk it out. Let's, do, let's, let's discuss it. I mean, I may see it this way. You see it this way. Let's discuss it and talk it out and just, uh, we love one another, talk it out and see what God can do. Can't we discuss these things uh, and, and just see where we are? Well, I think communication is is oftentimes the cause of a lot of separation. Very true. So many, so many times when people are willing to sit down and actually talk and pray together right. and seek God for wisdom. Uh, you know, even sometimes when <clears throat> people have failed of the grace of God and come short, uh, the Bible says, let those that are spiritual, let them restore them. But so many times we're quick to just cut them off and turn them away and say, well, you know, they they made the mistake. So it's their, their lot in life. Mm -hmm. But uh, we should be grieved anytime we see one of our brothers or sisters come short of the glory of God. That's true. Brother Probe, you're talking to someone tonight who is in the grief right now. I know of one, two, three, four people, uh, one husband, uh, a mom, another husband uh, listening tonight. What would you tell them? You've been through it there. They've just begun the journey of healing. What any advice, any scripture that you can give to them would help them through this? Because because grief is, it, it can be traumatic. It really can. Uh, it could really yes, be can. traumatic. Oh, yes. So any help on that, a verse or how God brought you through? <clears throat> well, I, I think that uh, reading the word of God is, is probably as, you know, the wisdom that we find in the scriptures and the comfort that we find in the scripture, uh, and especially when we read in the spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to, to work through his word into our hearts uh, and, and take a life, get involved uh, to a greater extent, reaching out to other people. Sometimes we right. sit back and, and we worry, uh, right. sit there and kind of grieve for ourselves when if we get out and actually look at, you know, whether it's uh, our neighbors, whether it's our friends, whether it's our family, whether it's the church, find people to spend time with. And uh, sitting alone and, and grieving uh, doesn't normally bring a great lot of comfort. Uh, it, it takes interaction with other people. Uh, so don't neglect to get out and, and do what you can. Visit uh, friends, family. Uh, absolutely. Uh, don't neglect going to the house of God, Amen. Uh, especially in this day and age. We need the strength that comes from our fellowship one with another. Any questions from our listeners? Yes, sir. We have actually a couple of questions. Carrie Ann asks, 
How did you deal with seeing other family members that seemed happier than you during the grief process? Mm. I feel like I'm sad and a mess. So should everyone else. Mm. Good question. Great question. Did you? Will I pose that to you? Well, (laughs) you know, the Bible speaks about, and I can't call the scripture exactly, but it says they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Okay. Uh, so many times when we look at others, we have to realize that, that they're living in a different realm and a different, this is an emotional thing and emotional things that impact our lives have a much greater impact on us than they do anyone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know people that have been wounded by words that somebody had said or by conduct that people had done. And if if you look at that and then you look at these people, well, these other people, they don't always understand what you're going through. That's true. And, and when they don't that's understand uh, to compare yourself with somebody out there that, that's kind of lighthearted and, and enjoying life, uh, it's almost like being jealous. And uh, we need to fight against that sort of feeling. Thank you for that answer. Another question coming in? Yes. Mr. 313 asks, is grief of a church different than the grief of a person? Well, the grief of a church, as I would understand it, would be a collective grief that we would share with other members in the congregation. And... uh, you know, that's a subject for prayer uh, on not only collectively together as a congregation, but as an individual uh, to pray for those. Um, I have uh, I've known people whose own family uh, have even, let's say, I, I know a pastor in particular that has some children and some of those children who live quite close to the congregation, drive past the church and go to another congregation some miles away. Uh, and that, that grieves the uh, parents, you know, to think that their own children would go elsewhere uh, for worship. Uh, but the grace of God that I have seen in their lives is such that they commit it to the Lord. And then so they don't really grieve over it other than the fact that they want to see the best, both spiritually and physically for their children, obviously. Friends, our time is gone again so quickly. Uh, I just want to highlight brother probes was talking about four areas that can, uh, expedient grief. Number one was reading in the spirit, reading your Bible, which is true. Number two, get involved with people, do ministry, pass out tracks. Number three, don't isolate, getting by yourself and just working by yourself, no input. And he also mentioned church fellowship, going to church service. I appreciate that so much, friends. And this is Wounded Hearts podcast tonight. If you've been wounded, Uh, You can make a change tonight. We'd love to pray for you. If you left God, it's time to come back tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. You can do it tonight. In fact, right now, and attend church services. We want to see reconciled forgiveness in the will of God. Also, her name is Carrie Ann. We appreciate her. She calls in just about every week, and we're glad she does that. And keep on going. We love you much. 
Brother Probe, Minister Probe, thank you so much tonight. Our time is gone. Neil, our director, thank you so much. Have a good evening. All right.